0: Welcome back to another episode of Forensic Mythology. I'm Trista. And I'm Crystal. And I don't know what we're talking about today, like always. I, mean, I never know. You know what you're talking about. Okay, I know 50% of what we're talking about. So yeah, uh, welcome back, everyone. Don't read my paper. I, I, I'm not. Fine. I'll just sit all the way over here in the corner. That's fine. Um. So it's been a really long time since we have done anything on this podcast I think the last one was, like, three months ago. <laughs> because life. Um, I don't even know how long. Like, what was the last one? Do you know? Uh, I honestly don't remember. Okay. So, today, I'm going to be talking about creation stories in ancient Mesopotamia, like, oh, in the Middle East. Jazzy. Including, like, the Bible creation story, and then, like, the surrounding areas. Ooh. So we're going to be covering um, the Epic of Gilgamesh from ancient Mesopotamia, the Enuma Elish from ancient Babylon. That sounds so cool. The Sumerian creation myth, and of course the Genesis creation myth found in the Hebrew Bible. So uh, famous stories such as the fall of man the great f- and the great flood were originally conceived and written down in Sumer, translated and modified in Babylon, and reworked by the Assyrians before they were used by the Hebrew scribes for the versions that we see in the Bible. So, it's just kind of going to go over all of those ancient myths, and yeah. What are you going to be talking about? Um, I'm going to see if I can pronounce it, because <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to try my hardest. A, I googled how to pronounce it once because I didn't want to mess up, but I already forgot. I mean, just guess. Um, a penangalon. a pen, a penangalon a pen. Okay. I would say a penanggal. A Okay. I don't know. I'm just it's making like, it up. I probably butchered that, and I'm so sorry. But it's like a vampire, kind of. Okay. Yeah, that's well, not like a vampire. It's referred to as like a vampire, but it's also kind of like a witch. Okay. It so, like, do you want to go first? <laughs> sure. Um. Anyways. Uh. Pen- a Penangalon, I hope I'm saying that right. Is a nocturnal vampire entity, as some refer to it. And um, what it basically is is a woman's head with organs still attached to it. So oh, hate just, that! <laughs> it's just this floating head that just has like the spinal cord and the organs. And oh all, God. Like the lungs still attached to it. So it just kind of like flies around. That made me a little nauseous, especially because uh, we just literally murdered a giant spider that was in this room. How's it related to a Because I'm f- I'm still feeling out of breath and nauseous about it. <laughs> I'm not okay with it. Well, we're going to jump into more. And the organs. last time that I saw a spider in this room was also while we were recording a podcast like maybe they just several like months ago. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like our our mic just attracts spiders, but I'm still feeling nauseous. No, I think sure. they just like to hear us talk. You just mur- you just murdered a viewer. How's it feel? Well, I guess <laughs> I did it, but <laughs> you actually did with my boot because <laughs> your I was like that's a spider, and you went oh my god, and like ran out the door. I think there were some expletives in there because it yeah. was very large. It was like the size of my hand. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm still not okay it with it. It was a medium sized spider, it's like that big. I'm prone to exaggeration when it's spider related. (laughs) Anyways, um, this entity is known by many different names in many different countries in Southeast Asia. There's in like the, um, the, what I'm going to be talking about is the Malaysian folklore. Okay. Mainly. So, um, all of like the stories kind of vary from like country to country, but like the Malaysian folklore is the one I could find the most of. Okay. Because it's also, I found out. It's like a D and D character, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that." And then all I could find was the D and D stuff. I couldn't find like the original stories. <laughs> I don't, there was like Wikipedia and one sketchy page that I didn't really trust. Mm, okay. it, that was it. All the rest is just D and D, and I was like, "Please give me." D&D. Is it like a real lore? It is. is it, it is. Just- is. It's just- D D just took it over just- its D&D identity. took it over. I mean, it's kind of like. A cool way to to go down as a legend is just, like, as, as a d I guess. <laughs> um, but anyways. You um, live forever <laughs> in the game. Yeah. Um, most people don't refer to them as being dead because they can still, like, look as a human woman during the day. Because, like, what happens is that, um, it's just, like, during the night, the head kind of just, like, goes out of the neck and all the organs kind of trail after it. So then it's just, like, this empty, like, cocoon body kind of just what is the there. cocoon body doing while you, the- you okay get I'm to sorry that. it's okay but uh so and then like right before like dawn or like day comes back kind of just like goes back into the body It's like i'm a human now you'll never know well you will know but you won't know at the same time anyways <laughs> in malaysian folklore um normal mortal woman can become a a penagelon Pen- a- Penang- Penang- penangalon Penangalon i hope i'm saying that right we like i've said it like four times in people a row that really. have never been to malaysia <laughs> yeah but um by doing a ritual as wikipedia states you know it's the most trusted website on the internet obviously um <laughs> in malaysian folklore penagol penna penangol <laughs> penangol which is um a different another way they're referred to are a mortal woman who practice black magic to become one, a woman must meditate during a ritual ba- bath in vinegar, with her whole body bath in vinegar. Bath, bath must me- meditate during a ritual in a bath of vinegar. Oh, okay. With her whole body submerged except for the head, only active in their form She's at night. She's a giant pickle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a lame dad joke. <laughs> Why are you making the food jokes? I I don't know the the um. Roles have reversed here. I guess. I'm making stupid food jokes. <laughs> um. Uh. Anyways. Uh. Where was I? Only oh. active in their form at night, the creature regularly soaks its organs in vinegar to shrink them in for easy entry back into her body. Oh my god. This uh, they is upsetting they, for they thus a lot carry an odor. <laughs> they thus carry an odor of vinegar wherever she flies and returns to her body during the daytime, passing as an ordinary woman. However, they can always be told from an ordinary woman by the smell of vinegar. Very okay, spooky. so. What's really weird about this? Did you smell vinegar the other day? No, oh. I mean, I was definitely drinking pickle juice the other day, so I, <laughs> I smelled that. <laughs> oh jeez. But um, I can't think of any other myth that's similar where there's like actual just like still functioning organs just chilling as they fly through town. Wait, do they fly? Yeah. Yeah, so like just, you know, attach to their spine, you just pull your organs out, like, hey guys, we're going on a trip. I wish sure I could do that. Why? What would you do? Like what would be the I point? would have so much imagine one night. I mean, I would like you're to just fly. like bored and you're like, Man, I wish I could go on an adventure. I wish I could take your my head, organs with me. Your head detaches and you just zoom. Obviously there's parts <laughs> of this that isn't fun, like being a monster that like we'll get later on eats pregnant women and children that's obviously not fun i'm just talking about being able to like detach like your organs and arms and just put them back and like like a human lego okay so i have a question well i'll wait till you finish and then that was it i just want to be a human lego lego person why are you looking at me like that? What's your question? Are you Lego Batman? Uh, I said that I would ask you my question when you're done with the next part because it's probably going to be answered. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, some urban legends say that the women are either cursed or they broke a demonic or satanic pact. So like you make make a deal with Satan and you don't follow or like a demon and then uh, you don't follow it through. And then he's like, wow. Okay, guess what? Now you're just like Ursula the sea hand. witch on the Little Mermaid. You Kinda. better keep your deal. Um, But these entities usually play- prey on pregnant women or small children. Mm. And so, yeah, that's fun. But, um, whoever's blood was consumed by one of these creatures gets a disease that makes them waste away. That is if like, they like escape and they survive and don't get eaten completely. Okay. So like, if it like, Ew. if it like bites you or whatever, it's like, I'm going to eat you. But then you like, somehow like defeat it and sprint away you're just gonna get this horrible disease that just makes you like wither away from the inside you're I think that that dead. spider that we killed that you killed and I watched um was trying to bite me and make me waste away like this p- penangalol <laughs> you're really dramatic I-, I did not like it <laughs> okay um anyways and or if it's entrails tattoo <laughs> entrails oh, it's God. such a fun word not for anyone entrails. else. What? Why? I'm it's sorry, so, listeners. It's so fun to say entrails. Please continue. Entrails. Um, if it's entrails touch you, you will suffer open sores that won't heal unless you get help from a... I also don't know how to pronounce this. A bow. Uh, it looks like you say it as bomo, b o m o h. Uh, It's, it's a Male Shaman. It sounds kind of like if somebody got... Eight. Like, it makes you waste away, or some kind of, like, immune system disease where you waste away and then have sores that you can't heal. Yeah, or it sounds like a vampire thing just smacked you with its entrails. Oh my god. <laughs> um... Uh, There is a way to protect yourself against these things. Um, People often leave like thorny plants and leaves to trap or injure the exposed organs. You know what would happen if I did that? You'd poke yourself. I would probably fall into them in the night (laughs) when I got up to get a glass of water. And then I would be (laughs) injuring my organs. Uh, They also glue shards of glass to their walls. And this is commonly done... Like after a woman is pregnant, like has is like, um, has her baby. I hope they take those shards down after the baby becomes a toddler because uh, that would be a CPS. They issue. didn't specify, but I'm gonna. Assume. Can you imagine like how? When children are learning to walk and they just constantly, like, run into everything and hit their heads on everything and they just constantly hurt themselves. If everything was covered in shards of glass. Well, it's not everything. It's, like, it's... <laughs> it's not, like, they gl- they put glass on every surface. Okay. It's just, like, in the door jam or something? It's kind of, like... It didn't... It just said to their walls, okay. but I imagined it, like, outside because they fly oh, through the night. Okay. And, like, they said in, like, their, they leave the leaves in, like, their window sills. Kind of. So it like, makes more sense. If, like, the, well, I feel like an idiot now. <laughs> if it comes to like eat the people or like try and like snatch the children up for like a midnight snack, it'll like all will it, like ca- its guts will get captured and all the spiky stuff in oh. the window. Okay. And um, Wikipedia, once again, because it's like one of the two sources I could find, says once the. Pentagol leaves its body and is safely away. It may be permanently destroyed by either pouring pieces of broken glass into its empty neck cavity, <gasps> which means that once <gasps> the, <laughs> which means that once the entity comes back to go like into the um body, oh, all its organs it's will be shredded Yeah, all its organs will be cut as it comes back in, and then it's dead. Oh my god! And then um, this is a very violent and well thought out plan. Yeah, I love it. It's. Um, it's gross and then uh or by sanctifying the body and then destroying it by cremation or somehow preventing it from reattaching to its body upon sunrise and another method they said was that um i just blanked out what was the other method i just (laughs) had it in my head oh yeah if you make um you could if you somehow like if you like turn if you find where the body because like when they leave the body is just still bathing in vinegar kind of in the back. So if you find where the body is and you like flip it around, when the um entity comes back into the body, its head will reattach backwards. So then every so that's like, well your head is on backwards, so um you're a monster, we're gonna kill you now. I'm afraid. God. So um This is horrifying and I've never heard of it. Yeah. I heard of it a while ago and I was like wow that's wacky. Then I researched and I was like wow that's wacky, but um, <laughs> I'm glad your opinion remained the same. <laughs> yeah, um, every time I thought I found something that wasn't D and D related, I'd click on it and I'd be like, "Wow, a source," and then it was D and D related. I just okay, yeah. So maybe this whole thing was just a D. <laughs> <'Cause> no, <laughs> okay, it's not. Okay, hey, I believe you. I believe you. It's um, I first heard about it from uh, I think it was. Um, it. W- I heard about it from someone who lived in, I want to say, Portugal, but I think that's wrong. Okay. No, the Philippines. Okay. They both start with P. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the Philippines, Portugal. That's so dumb. Oh, I'm so disappointed in myself. Um. No. You just said you weren't great at geography. No. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I just. Yeah, we're not gonna talk about that. Okay. Anyways, there. That's. A lovely way to start off this podcast with a vampire entity, witch type thing, that eats pregnant women and children. Okay. Okay, now it's your turn. Okay, so going to creation myths, which is a big leap from where (laughs) we started. A real big leap. I I was gonna do like um the create like the creation story in like Hindu. Because mm-hmm. I got really into like Egyptian, and then it was like Greek and Roman gods and like stuff, and then it was like Norse, mm-hmm. and then for some reason the next thing on my list was like Hindu gods, mm-hmm. and I got like real, I got really into learning about all these religions for some reason, and then I have I had the little Hindu book, you know, yeah. and I was like, oh, I'm gonna do the creation story, but then I procrastinated on it, and I wanted to do it, and then you it. found. Vampire vampires I that found... exit their bodies with their yeah. organs attached. And then I I wanted to do it justice. I didn't want to like okay, that's I wanted good. to do in depth research. Don't I didn't rush it wanna... rush it. I know that's why I didn't rush the vampire one. It just it was it was a lot less information. Yeah. It's also why we haven't done a podcast in three months because I don't want to just put out random crap. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway. Um all of the different, uh, tales or, uh, creation myths that I had mentioned earlier have a lot of similar, uh, similarities, like, even if it doesn't seem like it at first glance. So, um, they were all also passed down as oral traditions, as the events that they recount would have occurred long before writing was even invented. Mm. So, that's so weird to imagine like writing wasn't existent at one point. Is wasn't yeah. exi- that didn't make sense. That writing didn't exist at one point. I know. Isn't it crazy? Like you couldn't go read a book. No, you just like you couldn't like like write like a story or you couldn't like write like down checklists. you're going to be like eat food survive on the wall or something. I, I would like, this die. This is my checklist. I couldn't do checklists. Like, that's that's my life I do. I try source. and do checklists, but then I forget about them. And then I'm like, oh, I have to write down checklists. And then I end up finding, like, ten. I make I've lists. I've never completed any of them. And then if I do something that wasn't on the list, I will write it on the list just so I can put a check next to it. Because mm. I'm a psycho. <clears throat> Anyways. So, um, with the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is regarded as the oldest surviving literature... The first Ooh. tablets date to around twenty one hundred BCE, want to read it. which is over four thousand years ago. I want to read it even more. Well, you can look it up. Oh, anyways, I'm going to well, tell you, you all about it right probably not read now, it, so. it I, it's probably not. It's translated. I'm <laughs> so dumb. Never mind. Continue. Yeah, please stop. I, I so think the first supposed to confirm. You're not so dumb. Thank you. The first part of the epic introduces Gilgamesh as king of Uruk, and I'm. You know, if, as per usual, probably going to pronounce like 50 things wrong. So just go with it. Um, and he was a real douche. And because oh. the people prayed to the gods for help because of things he was doing to them, the gods made a wild man named Inkidu who was as strong as Gilgamesh, so that he could challenge Gilgamesh, which I don't know why the gods didn't just like strike him down with lightning. The gods would have been kind of... in ev- like in almost every story, kind of go in, like a round a roundabout way of doing stuff. Yeah, it's never direct. They're always like, like it, here's this dude to solve your problems. You're gonna have to like work around it. I'm just, it's like a it's well, like, this is like it's a, like a teacher that's like I'm not giving you the answers. But okay. here's some help. Well, this is that's exactly what that was, but then it gets weirder and more roundabout. So uh Inkidu oh. learns the ways of civilization after sleeping with a temple prostitute and goes to challenge Gilgamesh So like one of the what things What is start to an adventure? Oh yeah. I thought you <laughs> said what is start to an adventure? And I was like, I don't understand what you just asked me. I can um, speak contrary to popular points. <laughs> Contrary. <laughs> Never mind. I just proved myself wrong. Okay, hold on for a second. Okay. So, um. Oh, yeah. One of the things he was doing, uh, the stupid Gilgamesh. Um. Why was, was he stupid? I just said he was a giant douche and oh. like God sent somebody to. Oh, fight I him. got him confused with wild dude for a no, second. No, that's Enkidu. Okay. So, one of the things Gilgamesh was doing was like. Have you ever seen Braveheart? No. Okay. So there's like the I forgot what it's called. Like in the Middle Ages, um, the Lord could of the area could it's called like first night or first rite or something like that. Yeah. Um, and like when a woman got married, he got to sleep with her on the first night that she was married. What? Not her husband. Which is just a bunch of rape so um yeah he was doing that and uh once enkidu discovered the ways of the world after sleeping with the temple prostitute he was like oh that's upsetting and so he went to challenge gilgamesh they fought and then they became bffs which is weird and i feel like a lot of stuff got skipped over there but like went to like this death battle and they came out like this is my best friend uh don't make fun of him okay because we're (laughs) friends forever bffs i got this matching necklace look you put the hearts together and it (laughs) says bff anyways it was kind of like that and uh i think they fought and fought and fought and they were both like equally matched and they were both like oh okay i respect you because you're like a worthy opponent you're equally as a jerk as i am (laughs) let's be friends (laughs) I mean, the the wild man wasn't a jerk, so. Oh. I mean, as far as I know. I am less of a jerk than you. Let's be friends. Let me teach you how to not be a jerk, man. And then I back so my... then they run off to defeat some monsters, and they are successful for a while. But then the gods feel that um, they're too powerful when they're together, so they decide that Kidu the wild man, must die. Which what, is what? That's so counterproductive. You like create this man, and you're like kill the king he's like okay they become best friends and you're like you know what instead of killing the king which was the whole purpose of this i'm gonna kill the dude i created yeah like why does it have to be that way i don't know, it just seems slightly ironic it's kind of like when uh like i've never said this but oh no <laughs> other <laughs> mothers have been like well i brought you into this world i can take I you can out take you- I have absolutely never said that. You've said it in a joking way, but not in a serious way. When you've been, you've been, (laughs) or I've been like, mom, can I like have a cookie? And then you're like, no, Trista. And I'm like, I'm going to go take cookies as like a joke. And then you jokingly are like, just step out into this world. I can take you out. And you're like, I know where to hide a body. And then we just shout murder tactics at each other. Why? This has happened recall this it's i strange. do why don't you recall this i don't know i think you made it up anyway well, it's a, it's, you made it up don't I, deny I, the I truth didn't, i didn't make it up okay so anyway um where am i um the, the gods, gods, man kill wild man must yeah. die okay so the next part of the epic begins with gilgamesh losing his shit over his grief of losing enkidu and living like a wild man himself so then he goes on a quest to find eternal life because he's like oh man my friend that was my best friend just died forever i have to find eternal life because i'm freaked out about what happens to me because he was good and i'm a jackass (laughs) so um he meets hold on it's gonna take me a second utnapishtim who was granted immortality, and this is where we see the huge similarities with other creation myths, which were most likely based on this oldest account. Utnapishtim explains that when the gods decided to send a flood, the god Inki warned him and instructed him to build a boat with precise dimensions and sealed with pitch. He took his family, workers, and animals aboard. The goddess. the, the goddess. God-ish. <laughs> She's god ish, you know? Um, I'm sorry. The goddess Ishtar wept for the destruction of humanity. The storm lasted for a week, and all humans turned to clay except those on the boat. Wow. Um, finally, his bow lodges on a mountain. He releases a dove, a swallow, and a raven. When the raven fails to return, he releases everyone from the ark. Well, why? Because that means that they found land. Oh. Like the waters had receded. Utnapishtim offers a sacrifice- Why only the raven? If there was a dove, a swallow and a raven. Why only- why did they only- Because the raven can fa- uh fly further. Oh. And so he could cover more area and start to find places where plants are growing again. Oh, okay. I'm making shit up. Oh, what's... I'm sorry. Um, okay. No, that is, that is what it, it's something to do with that, but I may be explaining it badly. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Utnapishtim offers a sacrifice to the gods, and when Enlil, the the god who sent the flood, realizes that there are survivors, he's angry, but the god Inki, who warned U. Ut- Utnapishtim of the flood and the goddess Ishtar who cried about the destruction both lectured Enlil for basically being a psycho that killed mankind um, so in the end Enlil blessed Utnapishtim with immortality after explaining all that Utnapishtim tells Gilgamesh to stay awake for a week and when he falls uh, a like, week. as part of like a hey let's go through this rigorous training if you're ready to think that you can have You know, immortality. So he tells him, stay awake for a week. And then Gilgamesh falls asleep. And then Utnapishtim is like, he seeks to overcome death and he can't even conquer sleep. So then Gilgamesh heads back to Uruk. And Utnapishtim gives him a parting gift by telling him of a special plant at the bottom of the sea that will give him immortality. So he finds the plant, he gets it, but then it's stolen by a snake while he's bathing. Oh my this guy's the worst luck. I mean well, he kind of he deserves, deserves it. it, yeah. So anyways, he gives up on the quest of immortality and goes back to rule York, hopefully better than he was in the beginning. And so there are a ton of different versions that, you know, like even with yours where it differed from place to place. Yeah. Um but also it differed throughout time because it was written for centuries and centuries. Yeah. So you can find, um, or not you, but archaeologists have found... I a- am all archaeologists <laughs> I mean, embodied into one person. It's what I want to do. but um, Be all the archaeologists in one person? Sure, why not? Mm. Um, so they've found tablets dating over several centuries... Um, with this diff- story, and it differs a little as it was passed down and copied over time. So the parallels between this and the Garden of Eden story have long been acknowledged. Well, this was written before the Garden of Eden stories, right? Yeah. Way before. Um, yes. Okay, I don't know where we left off. I forgot. Okay. So, uh, that was the uh, Epic of Gilgamesh. So right. the Sumerian creation story, also known as the Eridu Genesis, is almost exactly the same, at least regarding the flood. Um, it recounts so almost four thousand years ago. It recounts the gods creating, um, like man and cities and kings being created, and then the gods decide to destroy mankind with a flood. Uh-huh. The god of the underworlds. The underworld sea, which is interesting to me, because a lot of times, like in Greek mythology, there's like the underworld, but in these uh, Mesopotamian legends, it's like the underworld is the sea. Well, that makes sense. It makes a lot of horrifying. (laughs) You're such a weirdo. The sea is the best. The sea is terrifying. It's just this big soup of sadness and (gasps) fear. No. Okay, I'm it sorry. It is a soup. There's meat, there's <laughs> vegetables, <laughs> there's seasoning, there's salt. That's a big Stop. soup. <laughs> You're back to making weird food jokes. It's a soup! You're not wrong, okay? So anyway, I don't even know where I was. Uh the uh, destroyer. So, oh yeah. The god of the underworld sea warns Zusudra. Um, of the impending flood and tells him to build a boat. The boat is tossed around in the great deluge, and when the sun appears again, Zu sacrifices an ox and a sheep, thanking the gods for sparing mankind. This story was found on a tablet in 1893, but was only in fragments, so a lot of the story is lost. It's not a complete record. However, it oh. sounds very familiar to the genesis story found in the christian bible with the obvious difference of monotheism worshiping one god or polytheism worshiping several because all of the these creation stories are relating the myths of what happened centuries or millennia before they were um before they were written it's difficult to say which was written first but most scholars believe that the Torah, which includes the first five books of the Old Testament in the Bible, were written around the 7th century BCE, Ooh. and, um, many of the stories constructed in the Torah, or the first five books, which I literally just said, I don't know why I said that twice, <laughs> have been, uh, found in other sources that predate the Bible by many centuries. So, um, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, like, back when, um, the gods decided to destroy mankind. In this version, in Lil, so it's like the same. You can't gods. really blame them for wanting to destroy mankind, can you? Well, it's like in. Hold on, let me just finish this part. So, okay. like these gods were the same as you find in um the epic of gilgamesh and so in this version though enlil wants to destroy mankind because they became too numerous and were very loud which was disturbing <laughs> his rest that's such a valid point like in There's his too defense, many of these rodents and they scream too much i just want to sleep let me call it pest control. like kind of so a legit reason to destroy the world with holy poison <laughs> was, i was trying was to weird. remember what it's called when they have it's like just it's just like rat poison if you're like trying to kill a rat yeah so it's just poison sorry i got sidetracked you really did let's call um, human rats yeah i got that <laughs> we all got that um but like in the version of the bible like noah's ark it's because mankind had become so evil that's also valid that that's why god wanted to kill them all it's also like i mean we're dealing with evil all the time there's other ways you don't have to murder people what is the giant flood for us i shouldn't say that you should probably not (laughs) okay so obviously most people know the story of noah's ark where mankind had grown so evil that god regretted creating them and sent a flood to destroy everyone, but warned Noah to build a boat with very specific dimensions because he was the only one that was not evil. Once the boat or ark was built, he gathered a male and female of every animal to go aboard the ark and eventually repopulate the earth. The flood comes, the ark comes to rest on a mountain, Noah sends out a raven and then a dove to determine if uh, the water had receded enough, and the dove eventually returns with the leaf in its mouth. Like a, I think it's an olive branch. And then when he sends out the dove again, it does not return, so he assumes that there's enough dry land to unload the ark. Before this flood, Genesis describes God creating the heavens and the earth in seven days, putting Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, the fall of man, and sin entering the world through the temptation of forbidden fruit and that's kind of in the nutshell version of biblical creation so the one major difference between this account and all the others is that they only worship one god oh so in the babylonian creation um like a lot of like most other religions like multiple gods and christianity is like singular god it just happened that way it's not uh, most other religions. There's a lot that only worship one god. Well, a but... lot of the famous ones, I guess. Like, the most well-known ones. Mm. Am I making sense? Yeah, but it's also... I mean, there's a lot that only have one. Yeah, well, I also don't know every religion well, in the world. Here's here's the thing. Even... I mean, when you're back in the really ancient Old Testament of the Bible, yeah. um, you know, it was common for everyone to believe that there were multiple gods and they would, each different area would kind of have like a specific God that, that it's like a patron saint that was like their guy. So they're like, we're going to work with this God. Oh. And even in the Bible where, you know, God makes a covenant with the Hebrew people and um he tells them you shouldn't you shall have no other gods before me like he's still acknowledging that there's other gods but that they're not going to have any other gods before him he's the mm. one that's their guy mm. so i think it was a just common knowledge belief system back in very ancient times that everyone kind of had their own gods and then they would fight over whose god was more powerful But everyone acknowledged that there were a lot of gods. It's kind of a more recent development where they're like, there's only one god. Right, so, like, back then they would, like, be like, yeah, there's multiple gods, but, like, not to bash on you, but mine's kind of the coolest round here. But now, today, it's like, oh, there's only one god, all the rest of you suck, Mm -hmm. you can... I'm gonna throw this book in your face, and you're gonna go to the bad time place because yeah. you' not following what I think. I mean, I'd I... rather go back to the good old days of.
1: It wasn't my wasn't the
0: good... <laughs> They were it's like, "My God's cooler now. than." I'm just saying, it wasn't like that was the good, the good old days because, like, well, it's never they the went good old to. Days, it's just days. Yes. <laughs> 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 it's never the good old days. There was always war and conflict and that's how it is. 'Cause well, there's, there's no different from today. I know. Just, I wasn't there's saying less was. cool gods now. Well there's that there is still cool gods. It's just now <laughs> a lot of people are like now there's only they don't teach. never mind. I just think that um maybe whatever religion that you're reading, look at it in the um the context of when it was written. Like, Aww. I had this um, archaeology study Bible that my very good friend got me a long time ago. And I yeah. love it so much. Because it, like, throughout the whole thing, it shows through each book of the Bible, like, the different um, things that have been found that are related to that time period and that particular story. Or um, it explains other myths from nearby, like, these kinds of things. There's a lot... Ooh. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. So, yeah, I mean, just kind of look into it instead of trying to interpret in the it. The historical side instead of interpreting how you see it to be. I just think uh, looking at stuff, how it was written and what was meant by coin. it and the original language of it rather than like, I live in 2021 America and I want everything else to be how I say. So anyways, <laughs> let me get back to this. Um, in the Babylonian creation myth, known as the Enuma Elish, there were two gods known as Apsu and Tiamat, who created several other gods eventually, and they overthrew Apsu and created a god called Marduk. He fought against Tiamat and her monsters and was eventually successful. He split her remains in two and made the sky with one, uh, like one half of her, and the earth with the other. He made pictures of the gods and the constellations, created night and day, created mankind, using the blood of, uh, one of the gods to give them life. Oh. Wow. And, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, other than the random monsters, I guess. Never mind, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, so this myth was found on almost a thousand lines of cuneiform script, and is considered the oldest written account of a creation story from the second millennium BCE. Some of the similarities here are that in both stories, matter exists, like, I mean, between this and Genesis in the Bible. Um, some of the sil- similarities are that um, matter exists before creation begins. Both stories describe complete darkness and waters existing before creation, and they both mention a division of the waters above and below, with a barrier in the sky holding back the upper waters. There's even mention in Isaiah of God battling dragons and monsters before creation, which sounds a lot like Marduk, like the Marduk version. So when they talk about um, separating the waters, the upper waters and the lower waters, like imagine that you're just, um, you, you don't, writing doesn't exist, right? Yeah. And you're out there, hunter gatherer, doing your thing. Um, and you're sitting around the campfire, and you're telling these stories to try and make sense of of the world that is chaos, right? Yeah. Order out of chaos. And so having a barrier that separates the upper and lower waters would make sense because they don't understand where rain's coming from. Oh. So you have water, like rivers and lakes and ocean.
1: You and have then there's the some... sky
0: water and you have the ground water. Yes, so that's why that's a prominent theme in creation myths is like the separation of the upper and lower waters. Oh. So anyways, um the fact that certain ideas about the primordial world that were long thought to be unique to the Bible likely began in older civilizations does not necessarily discredit the Bible. Instead, it reflects a uniquely Hebrew version of a creation story that had been a part of oral traditions for thousands of years before it was written in the Hebrew Bible. So, um, I know there's a whole large group of people who study ways to prove that the story of Genesis in the Hebrew Bible is factually and literally true, uh, not a myth or an allegory. And I tried to find some of their arguments that could. Possibly be proof, but they're all soundly refuted by scientific arguments. So, while a worldwide flood occurring less than 10,000 years ago is definitely not true, it doesn't mean that the whole Bible is not true. There's plenty of ageless wisdom and hope to be found um, in the Bible, which remains a source of comfort to billions of people today. The creation account gives us insight into the mindset and culture of some of the earliest Middle Eastern civilizations. That's what I find cool about religions. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not really a religious person. I don't really care a whole lot about it, you know? But it's kind of cool to think that, like, long time ago, there was just this dude and he was like, let me tell you a story about <laughs> the upper waters and the lower waters. <laughs> I just think it's neat. Yeah. So... It's also, I mean, you see it throughout the world just trying to make sense of the way that the world is with their limited information. Yeah. So um, it's very creative. So uh, where was I? The creation account gives us insight into the mindset and culture of some of the earliest Middle Eastern civilizations and shows the way that information was disseminated It's so exciting to have a glimpse into the legends put forth by ancient humans in order to make sense of the world around them. For a little look at the the scope of time, Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. Early creation myths had uh, first been written 2,000 years before that. So 4,000 years ago. Yes, and after having been handed down through oral traditions for thousands of years before that. So trying to explain events from... Thousands and thousands of years. Ooh. So, I mean, my favorite thing to study is oral traditions because it's fascinating what the human mind can memorize. Yeah. Like, especially, like, in Native American um, cultures where entire histories were handed down through story. It's, like, it's so fascinating. I love it so much. Yeah. So anyways, um, some of my stuff is missing that I was going to talk about tonight, but I mean, it is what it is. Here's a brief <laughs> recap of the origins of the world. And vampire witch With organs. <laughs> With organs. To I, clarify. It's kind of like, um, when you're making a Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> And it's like, when the organs... taking all the guts out of a pumpkin? The guts are inside in a bag in case you want them. Like, why in God's name would anybody want them? Stop it. Have you ever eaten guts? No. Chicken? Or well, not chicken, I mean a turkey. No, and neither have you. Well, I know that. <laughs> Obviously. So, I mean, hopefully we will be back on this podcast a little bit because i don't even know i mean we've been through not just a pandemic but then there was like okay QAnon crazies trying to overthrow the government and terrorist storming storming terrorist storming the capital um we also went through the holidays voting season a lot happened since our last podcast so yeah i mean now, maybe th- we have grown ups in control again, so we can uh, <laughs> take a breath and we can do more podcasts for you. So hopefully we'll record one again soon. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can follow us. Um, I don't even remember. <laughs> There's Instagram. That's about all I remember. There's the website, which is also the same name as the podcast. So it's really not that hard to find. I believe in you. Um, that was it. Thank you for listening, and you can hear us next time. Goodbye.